Galatians today. Before we dig in again to chapter 5, I just want to remind you that everything we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. That's every worship service, my Romans teaching that I do live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. It all gets uploaded to the website and the YouTube channel. The website is thecrosswaychurch.com. And again, that YouTube channel where everything goes is Curtis Hutchinson 316. You can go back and avail yourself to everything we're doing. Don't forget to pray about uh, helping us with the Expositor Study Bibles, going to the inmates across the land. We are 830-something Bibles over the last four years. We started in November four years ago uh, sending Bibles to inmates, the Expositor Study Bibles to inmates. And people give to that here at Crossway Church. They give to that out and across the land. And uh, so we can do more and more we're doing six Bibles a week right now. And, uh, you know, that's uh, $33 a Bible, and actually it's really more than that because of what it takes to, uh, the price has gone up now because not for the Bibles, but to mail them. Robin told me that it was $400 this last month to mail the Bibles that we're mailing. So that's quite weighty to mail six expositor study Bibles. A week, and this week we actually mailed seven because one of them was a, a Hispanic, a Spanish-speaking expositor study Bible. Pray about that. Help us. Uh, just go to the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Hit the donate button. Tell us what you're donating for, and we'll make sure we get uh, that in the right direction so we can give uh, more to the inmates. And don't forget, one last thing, to pray for our work in Wichita Falls, Texas, that we are endeavoring to plan a church there, praying for a church, praying for a preacher, a pastor of a church. And we had our first meeting. It was a great success uh, last month. And starting in January, the second weekend, every month we will be there at the Hampton Inn uh, at uh, 817 Kemp Boulevard. And uh, it'll be Friday nights at 7 p.m. and Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Again, that's uh, at the Hampton Inn in Wichita Falls, Texas. Second weekend every month beginning next month in January. Friday nights at 7 and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Pray with us about that earnestly as 104,000 people in that city a big college big air force base uh, they need a cross preaching church a true gospel preaching church uh, where a group of people and a pastor determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified so God bless you thank you for being with us today get your Bibles your pencil your paper we're going to dig in uh, to chapter 5 but before we do let's ask the Lord to give us what we need today. We desperately need daily bread if we're going to live, and we're going to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God that we will subject ourselves to and hear. Amen? Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we stand before you today. Lord, saved, bought with the blood, cleansed, forever forgiven, we thank you for the opportunity now that we're in your kingdom to learn the ways of 
who you are, the ways of your kingdom. And I thank you that you've given us your word and you've given us the measure of faith. You've given us your spirit. You've given us a hunger and a great desire to learn of you, to serve you, and, and to be found in the truth, in the faith, and, and, and bearing, bearing forth the fruit of our great and mighty King. We ask you to give us the daily bread that we desperately need today, that our hearts would be receptive to your word today. And we ask it all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Thank the Lord. Uh, we will begin in verse 16 of chapter 5 and then roll through a few verses today, hopefully. But before we do, as always, I like to uh, make a couple of comments before we get into this great teaching. Number one, no one on the planet has ever, will ever, or can today understand the fifth chapter or really any of the letter to the Galatian church in the way it should be understood unless their faith is in the cross. Not the cross and. Not we started at the cross and now we're also... No, that eliminates us from understanding Galatians. Galatians uh, is, is a letter written to a church that's as relevant today as it ever was then uh, to God's people who are being enticed and seduced to remove their faith from simply Christ and what He did at Calvary, which chapter 3 calls us obeying the truth in God's eyes to circumcision, to the purpose driven, to the new paradigm shift, to the promise keepers, to the government of whatever it is, even if our faith is in water baptism, nothing saves, delivers, sanctifies, justifies, allows us to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the righteous fruits of Christ outside of faith in the death of Jesus. And that that's why this book was written. This letter, this letter has never ever been understood by anybody who didn't have their faith in the cross of Christ. Everybody else will just read it and make up whatever they want to concerning, uh, as it per may be pertaining, don't leave our church. If you leave our church, then you've fallen from grace. And that's out of context. That's not what this letter is written about. This letter is written about God's people. People, again, being enticed, seduced to leave simple faith in the cross. And it's very easily done, my friends, because words of men's wisdom entice us. They, they, they do the same thing to us that the devil did to Eve in the garden. And words begin to make us doubt God's word. Words, even men using God's word out of their righteous context, begin to make us doubt that, that God has really uh, said what He said. And that's been the devil's lie all along. Did God really say... Let me tell you something. God really did say we have what God said, and we need to take heed to what God said. And every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. And the righteousness of God's word, the righteousness of God, period, is only revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17, as we go from 
faith that comes by hearing to faith that comes by hearing. Hearing what? The gospel of God's Word. The good news of God's Word. The law of liberty is our Bibles. But the the Word can't liberate you unless it's in the context of the man Jesus Christ and what He did at Calvary to liberate you. So that's why this letter was written. We always have to back up instead of just reading two or three verses and realize... What this letter's about. This is a warning and also a call, a calling of God's people back to simple faith and grace, which is faith in the cross alone. And when your faith is in the cross, that means you're denying all the schemes and fads by men. Listen, they're out there. I turned through the channels just last night, and there was a guy, Rod Parsley. I used to watch him years ago, and he's still begging for money. He's still telling you that he's got a word right now, and it's a prophetic word right now. And if you'll seize the moment right now, and God's going to do this, and God's going to do that, if you'll put that seed Faith in action that will just speak the word and send seventy-seven dollars and seventy-seven cents. Just a bunch of witchcraft, and it's not God's word in proper context. And everybody who's so into that ministry, hear me, is perishing because he's perishing, and his message is a perishing message because it's not Christ in Him crucified. I hate to have to say that, but He is just one that. Are many, and they're a dime a dozen today. If they're not preaching God's Word, teaching God's Word in the light of Christ and Him crucified, they are perishing. They're using God's Word out of context. So, we must always deal with God's Word in context. And the context of God's Word, He's told us, it's righteousness. It's righteousness. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. Write it down, Proverbs 8 and 8. And the righteousness of God only flows to us through grace, and grace only brings the righteousness of God to us through our faith in the cross, Galatians 2.21. Write it down. Don't just say that's good and or I don't think so. Write it down. Go look at it later. Righteous. Whether it's the initial status of being righteous in Christ, declared by God through our faith in the cross, or it's daily fruits of His righteousness. Daily for a Christian, it still only takes place by grace that only flows into our lives through faith in the death. Not because you got saved 40 years ago by grace through faith, but because you're still living now by grace, listen, through that faith justifying faith. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for that illumination of your word. See, Romans, I'm sorry, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And last week we talked a little bit about this. Your flesh is always going to have lust. That's just part of living in this human body. You're, you, you may not be lusting after the opposite sex. You may be lusting uh, after just a gossiping tongue. You may be lusting after this or that. Lust is just something of the flesh. Lusting after things. Lying to get what you want. Gossiping to get what you want. All these things. And we're going to see some of that today in the Scriptures. But verse uh, 17 says this, because, and that's what when you see the, 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 the word F-O-R, for, at the beginning of a verse, it means because. Now let's back up and read this, verse 16 again. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not 
fulfill the lust of the flesh. Doesn't mean they won't be there, but God said the lust of the flesh won't be carried out. They won't be fulfilled. They won't bring corruption into your life if you walk in the Spirit. He says, because the flesh lust against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to each other. The one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. As long as you live in this flesh body, your spirit and your flesh are going to be at odds against each other. Your flesh wants to lay in the bed. Your flesh, even if it wants to get up, it wants to get up and go do what you want to do with who you want to do it, how you want to do it, when you want to do it, and your reasoning as to why you want to do it. The flesh is all about self. Somebody needs to hear that. But the Spirit is all about Jesus. And there's always going to be a conflict. There will be a conflict till you are with Jesus. And that is over when we're no longer in a flesh body that has lust. Every day, I don't care who anybody is, how long they've been saved, lust is an issue. Again, it may not be the lust for this or that. But this body, this flesh body, lusts. For something, for more, for greed, for, for something to be right, to be angry, to be a uh, uh, woe is me pity party. The, just to get its way in whatever avenue it can find getting its own way. Instead of God's will, it just wants its own will. And we lived according to that flesh, led by a sin nature before we were uh, born again. And all we could do was live in the flesh on our best day. The best day when we would do something that looked right might even have looked spiritual to people, but God thought it was evil and wicked and unrighteous and ungodly because can't nobody lost that's corrupt and wicked in the eyes of God do anything good in His eyes. Nobody. You have to be born again even to bear uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit anything that's good in the eyes of God. Many people in the Bible teaches this, will stand at the great white throne judgment and say, didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I do that? And they lived their whole lives thinking that they were doing things in the name of the Lord, but it was only doing things that were good in their own eyes because they never placed faith in Christ and what He did. It was always about them and what they were doing. There we have the relevance, the, the really the confirmation of what Galatians is about. A group of people telling the Galatians who were already saved and filled with the Spirit and had seen miracles worked by the Spirit, and they were they were in a great they were born again, filled with the Spirit. And think about this, and now they were being told that they got to obey the law of Moses. they got to be circumcised. Well, that's happening today. People tell you you're not really saved unless you're water baptized, which is really just the evidence and the testimony of what you've already believed and what's already happened to you. Or you can have the power of God if you'll see in $77.17, because God's telling all these false things. If you'll buy a little bottle of this water that come out of the Jordan River, oh, the Galilee, oh, Oh, right there on the shores of Galilee where Jesus walked. Oh, all this false stuff, lies. 
It's all lies. And listen, it holds hundreds of millions of people captive today. They have no idea what this letter to the Galatians is about. It's about the war that goes on between the flesh and the spirit. Every day of your life, no matter how holy and devout you think you are, your flesh is... Paul said, there is no good thing in my flesh. Why? Because all it's ever going to do is lust if it's left without the Spirit ruling over it. Watch this. Because the flesh lusts against the Spirit. And the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Did you see that? Why is this thing going on? To prevent us from doing that which is good. Well, why did God leave it that way? Let me tell you today, because everything with God and His His people have always been a choice. It was a choice for you to believe God. God didn't make robots. God didn't uh, just throw a whole list together of who would go to hell and who would go to heaven and, and then set it in motion. No, no, sir. No, no. God tells us in His Word that it's not His will that any should perish. So that one right there, that one Bible verse eliminates that false Calvinistic thought of prede- false predestination. It's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 2 and 9 says, Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for all men. Hallelujah. John 3.16, Whosoever, not this group for few over here, and I understand few will be saved and many will be lost. Jesus taught that, but men get to choose. Now hear this. Once you've chosen, you've accepted Christ, you've humbled yourself, you've accepted what He did on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins, and you become a child of God, the only biblical way of being a Christian, you still have a choice today. You're still, you're still, God's still not going to throw you on the wall or tie a rope around your neck or drag you along the way. He is going to speak His Word to you. You better get in the Word. He's going to speak His Word to you, and by your belief in what He said, He's going to bring you along the way. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1.5 that we're kept by the power of God through faith. There's our part. It's always, our part is faith. He gave us the measure of faith when we were born again, Romans 12, 3, so that we wouldn't think more highly of ourselves than we ought. So he, he speaks his word to us, faith comes and we live and walk by faith. Amen, Brother Curtis. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. So, and uh, it's still a choice. Every single day is a choice as to where, and really men only have one choice in the eyes of God. That is where you place your faith. If you place your faith in the sacrifice of Christ, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the death of Jesus, Romans 6, 3, and then He begins to lead you, and you walk in the Spirit. If you won't place your faith in the cross, even if you've been a child of God and you've been caught up in all these schemes of men that are, have attacked the church uh, all throughout all the ages, and more so now than ever before, if you're being attacked and you've fallen prey to that, 
Galatians is a letter to you. It's God's word to you to come back. A lot of people are being disgruntled now because they're hearing the message of the cross. Churches preaching the cross. A woman made a comment to me last week. Message of the cross been around for 2,000 years. And see, that proves she didn't have a clue what we're talking about. What God's trying to get her to see. That the message of the cross has been around for 2,000 years. And every time somebody heard it and believed it, they got saved. But when we fall prey to a, another scheme, because it can never be the, the cross and these things, or these, the cross through these things, or these through these things to the cross, no. It's the cross and the cross alone. If that's not the case, we're telling God the cross is not enough. And the cross is the only avenue for grace. And God told the Apostle Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. That means what my son did at Calvary is all you will ever need to have your faith in. That's your choice. If your faith is in the cross, again, the Holy Spirit leads you. You walk in the Spirit. And if it's not in the cross alone, you're being... You're, you're in the flesh and you're functioning under law, the law of what you say, the law of what you do. Today, preachers all over the world say just start confessing the word, that seed form of faith. Listen, you know, I heard those crazy, and I used to be one of them, so I have room to talk about what I used to be in and what still is prevalent all over television and all over the world today, this false word of faith. And they use stories like Elijah speaking the word to the widow woman, speaking the word. But listen, he didn't speak a word God didn't tell him to speak. So you can't just speak any word. You can't even just speak the word that Elijah spoke. Let me give you a great insight today. The stories in the Old Testament ain't got a thing to do with you. They're for our learning. But if our faith is not in the cross, the attachment to God, the, 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 the attachment of the faith that can come through hearing what God did in the old, under the old covenant can't take place in our life. Three Hebrew boys got thrown in the fire. We'll shout over that glory to God. But if my faith is not in the one thing that can, that can bring faith, the same faith the Hebrew boys had, then that, that means nothing to me. I can get excited over that and swing on the chandeliers. But if my faith is not in the cross, hear me, faith can't come. Faith can't come because it's not just, uh, you can't separate faith that comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans ten seventeen, from the faith of the Son of God that loved you and gave Himself for you. There's not two different faiths. There's one faith. Paul said, the life I live now in the flesh, Galatians two twenty, I live by the faith of the Son of God that loved me and gave Himself for me. And somebody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. So it's still a choice today. We either come back to the cross if we've been moved away, or we still make that choice that the cross is where I started, but I don't need it. And You can't tell me there's not a move of God in my life. I can tell you this morning that I've got a Bible, and if your faith is not in the cross alone, that ain't nothing but your flesh. That ain't nothing but your feelings and emotions. And you can go in there and pour your eyes out crying to God, but He only operates in the truth, and the truth is 
in our Bible. And the truth is not the truth unless it's in the context of the man that said, I am the truth, and, and what he did at Calvary that makes him the applicable truth of God's Word to us. Somebody needs to hear that today, and I'm thankful that I know that. This is not a money-making message, but I'm not after money. This is not a fame-making message, but I'm not after fame. This is the message that's always gotten the prophets killed. This is the message that always... brings forth only a few in unity, the unity of the faith of Jesus Christ, not the unity of the faith of blah, 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 the unity of the faith of Jesus Christ. That faith justified us. That faith we live by. Galatians chapter 2. Powerful teaching today. I hope you're getting something out of it. If you're being led of the Spirit, you are. Galatians 5.18 says, but, I like the first word there, but... If you're led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, this is one of the most powerful scriptures in the New Testament because it is so revealing that the Spirit of God, if He's leading, He will never lead you and I under the place of doing and works for righteousness. Not initially, not daily. Yes, we work, but all our works have been ordained that we walk in are only found in Christ. That means our faith in what He did at Calvary. You have no other way to define your faith being in Christ except in what He did for you at Calvary. When Romans 6.3 tells us that it was there when our faith, when we believed upon Jesus and what He did as our sacrificial lamb, the Holy Spirit then, through our faith in Christ, in His death, placed us, immersed us, baptized us into Christ. His death, not His resurrection. Romans 6, 3 tells you that. doesn't say in, we were baptized into a water tank. It says we were baptized into His death. Because we had to be there at the cross because there's where our faith is. We were crucified with Him. He represented us in such a way that God saw His Son being crucified for us. When He sees your faith... He sees you in Christ being crucified with Him. And it's that faith of Jesus that justified us. It's that faith of, that faith of Jesus that we live by. So think about that. The Spirit of God's the one that preached the gospel to you. It wasn't just Grandpa or that preacher or your grandmother, co-worker, somebody on TV, the radio. No, that was the Holy Spirit through them preaching the truth, the gospel to you. You believed it, and the Holy Spirit immersed you into Christ. In God's eyes, you were immersed into Christ, really, not just 2,000 years ago, but Ephesians 1.4 tells us that He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. What does that mean? That means God already had this thing started and finished before it ever got started in, in motion. 
God saw what He was going to do for man as far as giving His Son. The Lamb was slain from before the foundation of the world. Revelation 13.8 And God saw every human being that would ever choose by faith to believe in God through the Son He would give as the sacrifice for their sins. And at that moment, He chose us who would believe in Him, those of us who, Romans 8, would be conformed into the image of His Son. That's how we're chosen in Christ. Amen. But the plan still had to go forth. Hebrews 4 says the works were finished from the foundation of the world, but yet Jesus still had to show up and go and die. God chose you in Christ from before the foundation of the world because He saw your faith that far back. He saw your choice of faith. Your choice of faith. Not you being a robot. He saw your choice of faith. But guess what? You still had to be born. You still had to be born again. Praise God. It's still a choice, my friend. It's painful when you hear the truth and and you have to repent and come back to Christ knowing that a lot of folks that you've been in ministry with for years are going to cut you off because they're not coming back to the old path with you. What they got, they realize that if they cut loose, even though they grab a hold a little bit of this revelation, but then they weigh it against relationships, they weigh it against their paychecks, they, they weigh it against their retirement, and they count the cost, and they refuse to go. Go back to the old path. There's not going to be much for them at the judgment seat of Christ if they even make it. Think about that. But this is one of the most powerful scriptures in the New Testament because it tells us if we're led of the Spirit, He won't lead us back under the law of doing for righteousness, but He will always point us to Calvary so that grace can come and bring that daily righteousness that we need to operate in by faith and see the fruits of His righteousness daily. Think about that. Righteousness has no avenue but through grace. And grace has no avenue but through faith. And that faith is the same faith that justified you. You need to listen to my Romans teaching yesterday. It's uh, It was, uh, I don't know, It's we're in Romans chapter 5 now, and we just got started our second session. Go look it up. Very powerful. If, you're, if your faith is not the same justified faith, simple childlike faith in the sacrifice of Christ, then your faith, you're not in the faith. And you might say, well, no, my, my, my faith is in what's written on... Listen, your faith is not even in what's written in this book called the Bible if your faith is not in the cross. Think about that. Your faith has to be in, in, in the only thing that brings us grace that escorts us the righteousness of God's Word into our hearts. Romans 10 and 10 says it's with the heart man believes unto righteousness. And all, listen, write it down. Don't get mad at Brother Curtis. You know, folks get mad at the preacher, but one day it's going to be revealed to them who they were really mad at. God. They just don't like it. I know what it's like to be confronted with truth and have to go throw a whole uh, uh, cedar chest full of notes over the past 40 years out on the burning pile because it's been a bunch of uh, whatever they were preaching and they were preaching. But listen to me. It's got to be the truth. It's got to be the righteousness of God's Word. Righteousness. Listen, it's only Romans 10.10. It's with the heart men believe 
unto righteousness. You don't work unto righteousness. You believe with the heart unto righteousness. And then that status of righteousness comes in Christ Jesus. You're righteous before God now in Christ. And daily fruits that the Bible says should have an increase of the fruits of our righteousness if we're still functioning in grace through faith. And that's what Galatians is about. Paul The Holy Spirit, through Paul, tells them earlier in chapter 5, you've fallen from grace. You're no longer walking in the place where Christ can profit you, Christ can affect you. Why? Because they moved away from simple faith in the cross. And when you do that, God says, read Galatians 3, you're no longer obeying the truth. Even if you think, see, that's the proof. You can't just think your faith is in the written Word if it's not in the living Word and what He did to turn the light on of the written Word. It can't happen. It's an impossibility. If your faith is not in the cross, Galatians reveals that you've fallen from grace. I don't care how much Bible you say you're believing. James, and I'll say it again, James said the Bible is our law of liberty. Perfect law of liberty. And preachers have taken that to mean that if I'll study it, if I'll memorize it, if I'll declare it, and they call it seed faith, speaking the Word. And that's what people go and put their faith in. They're speaking the Word. And that's what their faith... The whole false ministry of believers' voice of victory is their faith is in their voice. And even if it's their faith is the words they speak, even if it's the Word of God, if their faith is not in the cross, the Holy, the Holy Spirit is telling us, as it, He told the church in Galatia, Christ can't profit you. He can't affect you because you've fallen from grace. You fall from grace, my friends. Remember, grace is the only avenue through which righteousness comes. Galatians 2.21. Write it down, pin it up, learn it, learn to say it. Let the Holy Spirit show you that is the truth. You couldn't be saved and declared righteous until you placed faith in the cross. And if you keep your faith in the cross, that steady flow of grace that brings forth the righteous fruits of Christ in your life is there. You can't separate the fruits of Christ's righteousness from the fruit of the Spirit. They're one and the same. Now, I'm telling you something that's very powerful this morning, giving you Scripture for it, so you won't leave confused. All you can do is leave shouting today, Glory to God! Thank you, Lord, for revealing this to me in Your Word. Or you can be mad and say, I don't believe that. But there's that choice issue. You can choose to believe what God has said because you know what I'm saying is true because I'm telling you what God has said. There's only one avenue of grace which brings righteousness. And that's the cross. Galatians 2.21. This is powerful. And the Holy Spirit will never lead you, preacher, to preach a message where you're telling people, If they'll do this, this, and this, God will deliver you from that bondage. Because that's law. Romans 7, 5 tells us that it's the law that puts sin in motion. Talking about the sin nature. If we're not trusting in the cross of Christ alone, that work there, then we're not living by the faith of the Son of God. We're living by a faith that we have decided we have. 
Amen, Brother Curtis. <laughs> I know there's a lots of folks that need to hear this. It's not a laughing, funny issue. This letter is not something written, God laughing or mocking. This is a letter written by God through Paul, reaching with a loving, merciful, calling his people back to himself. Because to fall from grace that's, is, to, is to be removed from him. Because he is, Hebrews tells us, the spirit of grace. The Spirit of grace. We can do despite unto the Spirit of grace. If we trample underfoot this great covenant of the blood. Hebrews tells us that. And that's exactly what we do. I did it for years. I knew what to tell everybody to be born again. But I did not know the answer for daily fruits of righteousness. Daily victory. And we have to go make it up if we don't know it. Somebody said, Amen, or Oh me, help me, Lord. So make, make a note, highlight Galatians 5.18, and understand this. I pray the Lord give you this as bread for your soul today. The Holy Spirit will never lead you under law. Look at what it says. If you're led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Romans 6.14 says, Sin won't have dominion over you. Because you're under grace and not under law. But if you choose to go back under some law of doing for righteousness, for sanctification, for the power of God, the Holy Spirit didn't lead you there because He can't function there. The Holy Spirit only leads you in the place He can function in your life. This is good this morning. He can only lead you in the place where He can function in your life. That's why He, Jesus said when He comes, He'll reveal the truth to you. And if you'll receive the truth, He will empower you to live the truth, to walk in the truth, to have a love for the truth. But the truth is a man named Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Without both of those, there is no truth. And the Word of God, think about this. Jesus said in John five thirty nine, the Scriptures are about Him. That's why James would write in James 1 and 22, don't just be a hearer of the Word, but a doer of the Word. Because only as we do... The Scriptures, the Word, are we living the life of Christ? Jesus said the Scriptures are about Him. So how do I be like Jesus? I live the Word. Just like Jesus did. He told the devil in the wilderness three times, It's written. It's written. It's written. And He went all over teaching. It's written. And let me tell you something about those who refuse to go with what's written. They're not walking with Jesus. That's why there were a few in that day that said, Who is this that teaches with such great authority? Why did they say that? Why did that few grab a hold of him and follow him wherever he went? Because he was declaring, It is written. He is the living Word. He's the Word of God that came to life. The Bible tells us that in John 1 and 1 and verse 14. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. In John 1 and 14 it says, And and the Word, that's God, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word is about Jesus. 
So when the New Testament tells us that we need to go back under the old, read the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and that we should learn from it, what we're learning is how to live the Jesus life. Because it helps us learn about our Jesus. Not to go back under the laws, but to remain under grace where the Holy Spirit can function. Faith can't function under law, not the faith of Jesus. Not the faith of Jesus. You know the story. I brought it up many times in Galatians chapter 2 where Peter did a big piece of stupid. He fell into a boat of hypocrisy and he moved away from the Gentiles and joined, at least for a short period, the ranks of the Judaizers, these legalizers that we're reading about right here that tried to just destroy the church in Galatia. And men are doing it all over the world today. And, and Paul, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, stood up and preached a little sermon to Peter in front of the whole company face to face, Galatians 2 tells us. And he, all, he didn't go into a deep theological study on sanctification. Peter Peter was already just. He was as justified as he would ever be, saved by the blood, a believer in Christ, filled with the Holy Ghost, been used of God, and on his way to heaven. But Paul jumps up and begins to declare to Peter, don't you know, Peter, we're justified by faith. He brings him back to that justifying faith. See, it's not a different faith. It's not a faith that got you saved. Now i got to go find a book on what kind of faith I need to be healed. No, we live by the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us, or we're not living. And the only place that we can live is under grace. Don't fall from grace by falling for the lies of the Judaizers in the day in which we live. They use God's Word to make it sound so real. But hear me, here's the catch. The tie, the common denominator, the center point of God's table that He set before you, even in the presence of your enemies, is the blood of Christ, the sacrificial work of Jesus. If every scripture is not tied to Calvary, it has no part to play in your life because faith can't come. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But every word God has spoken is in righteousness. Again, Proverbs 8 and 8. Therefore, the only avenue even of God's righteous Word into your heart will be by faith in its context. And Galatians bears that out so sharply. That if you move away from this simple faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary, you remove yourself from Him. You fall from grace. He can no longer profit you or affect you. And, and preachers read this and say that, that He can do very little now. No, the Bible says He can have no effect and no profit on your life because He doesn't function under law. He functions under grace. The Spirit of God will never lead us under the law. Because under the law, the, think about that. The Spirit of God is God. 
He's not going to lead you to a place like it'd be like it'd be like somebody leading you to a, a dark. I'm gonna help you now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do. I've been sent to help you. I'm gonna help you with my help. You we're gonna be able to do this and see it happen. And they lead you to a dark closet with a metal door and then no light in there. And they shut the door and they lock it behind you and and say, all right, you got this now. You can do it. That's like, that's like, listen, the Holy Spirit will never lead you to a place that He can't function in your life. And He is God. He's as much God as any of God. He's, the Holy Spirit's as much God as God the Father and God the Son. They are equal. He, He's God. And the Bible says that He only works in the truth. Psalms 33, 4. There's a law that the Spirit works within the perimeters of. Romans 8 and 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Think about that. Where were we made free from the law of sin and death? At the cross. The Holy Spirit is only going to every single day point you to the sacrifice. Christ is not still hanging on a cross. He's at the right hand of the Father. He's been exalted there, given a name above every name because of that work. And because of our faith in that work, the Holy Spirit can continue the works of Christ in our life. When Jesus was on the cross, He said, It is finished, not I am finished. He said, I'm going to send the Comforter to you. I will come to you. He's not done. I'm glad, because I'm far from being done. Hallelujah. But the Spirit of God is God, and He only works in truth. That's why Jesus said when He comes, He's only going to reveal the truth. He will reveal to you what if you'll put your faith in, He can function in. Because without the Holy Spirit, there can be no fruits of the Spirit, which are, let me say it, the fruits of Christ's righteousness. Not our righteousness. When the Bible says that faith is dead without works, without works, faith is dead? That's not talking about without our works. That's talking about without the works of the Holy Spirit. There is no faith. He's the one that preached. Hear me today. He's the one that preached the faith to us. And that's exactly what it was. The message of the cross is the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us. We're called the people of the faith, the people of the way, the people of the way of the cross, the sacrifice. And we need to remember that. The Holy Spirit will not speak to you anything other than truth. And God's Word is not truth unless it's in the context of the man who said, I am the truth, and what made him the truth to us. Which, by the way, Jesus said, when you know, will make you free. And there's only one thing that's ever made any man free and keeps us free, and that's faith in the cross of Christ. Do you understand? I hope I hope somebody is getting a little deeper in this today. I hope somebody, even maybe for the first time, is saying, okay, I'm seeing this now. I, that's my prayer for all of the church. It's not about ever acknowledging any pastor as being right. It's simply about acknowledging God's Word as being right. Psalms 33, 4 says, For the Word of the Lord is right. And all His works are done in truth. 
That means the truth is God's Word, but He only works in the truth of His Word, not the misconception and deceptions that men use using His Word. Think about that. Glory to God. That's good stuff this morning. It's a powerful Scripture that reveals to us that the Spirit of God will never lead anyone to a doing works for righteousness, but only to the place where we believe with the heart under righteousness. Remember, all God's words are in righteousness. That's Proverbs 8 and 8. That means they have to be seen through the only place the righteousness of God is revealed, and that's in the gospel. See, that's powerful. We've got scripture for that. I've given it to you. People that disagree, it's amazing how they say, well, it's a little bit deeper than that. We've got, we've got, we're a whole lot farther along than that. No, I'm never farther along than what God is showing me in His Word. What men say to me, I don't need. That's the wisdom of men. I need the wisdom of God. That the Bible tells me in Colossians 2, 3, and 4 that the fullness of His wisdom The fullness of the treasures of His wisdom are only found in Christ. And that means through the cross, based on 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 2 through 6, that the wisdom of God is only revealed through the gospel. The gospel. That's why the message of the cross is the greatest wisdom on display God has ever done. It was love there that defeated hate. Everything God in Christ would do, He did it in His Son as the Lamb of God. Everything that you need today in your life to see God do, He will do it by grace through faith in that sacrifice, or it will not get done by God. We need to know that. It will not get done by God. And listen, the mind is a powerful tool that we've been given, but it can be very deceiving. Every one of us have had thoughts about something, and we smelled it. You you can smell a lemon pie, and there won't be a lemon pie for 50 miles, because the mind is a powerful tool. The mind can tell you that's a move of God, and, and it won't be anything but a move of our feelings and emotions, with Scripture being used, yet out of context. We need to be careful. That's what the legalizers do. A man told me one time when I was trying to show him the truth in the Word of God, he said, listen, you might as well let me alone. My father was a a Mormon. I'm a Mormon. He died a Mormon. I'm going to die a Mormon. You can't tell me that stuff's not real because they came to my house and we cried together. Now, what does that tell you his faith is in? what they were able to do to him through emotions and feelings by the words they spoke that are lies, now his faith is in that. Now his faith is in whatever his daddy believed. Think about that. Our faith has to be in the Word of Almighty God as it is in the context of the living Word, Jesus Christ, and what He did to become our Word. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. I hope you know that. I hope you see it'll take humility, a broken heart, a brokenness and lowliness to be able to come back to the cross. You you don't come back to your first love because you preach a message on returning to your first love and you just decided you're going to come back to your first love. I believe there's some people watching today that God is dealing with you. 
about this very thing, returning to your first love. And He's showing you today the way and the only way that can be done is through your broken, lowly acceptance of God's Word. Knowing that it's going to cost you. Knowing that it's going to cost you. A lady uh, years ago was in our meetings and, and she finally quit coming and told somebody the reason she couldn't be a part of what we were preaching, which is the message the Apostle Paul preached any longer, is because she was afraid that Brother Curtis had cut himself off from ministers he'd been in fellowship with for years. I didn't cut myself off from anyone. So where there's no longer fellowship between me and anyone, it's not because I cut myself off, I just begin to preach the gospel. And because of that, I've been pushed outside of concern. I've been pushed outside of, of, of fellowship. And you know, that's okay. Not really. But, but I'm going on with the truth. And they say that we're preaching the way we're preaching and what we're preaching because we're hurt. We're, we're, listen, I'm hurt only because we've been in this now for some 15, 16 years. And the deeper we've been into a, a brighter light, the deeper they keep going into a false way darkness. The longer they reject the object of faith alone being the cross of Christ, which means they'll deny now the things they've, they've brought to the table, the deeper and farther away from grace they will go. And they need to hear that today. And today could be the day that you humbly... See, it's only the humble that gets grace. Faith in the cross is the only place a man can be humbled. A man not humble because he's nice-mannered and well-behaved. That's, that's emotions, that's feelings. Listen, that's good manners, and thank God for it. But humility is all that gets you grace, and grace only comes through faith in the cross. Therefore, humility is tied to Calvary. Because grace only comes through our faith in Calvary. Think about that. Humility. Will you be broken today? Will you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, His truth? Will you count the cost today and admit to God that you've been wrong for many years? That you've hurt many people by telling them the way is something other than just faith in the, the cross of Jesus Christ? Will, will, you, will you be broken and come to a lowly place today and repent before God, accepting the truth of Jesus Christ, not just for initial entrance into the kingdom, but a living every day? Will you come back to the place life is experienced, where you can literally lay hold on eternal life, as Paul told Timothy, because you can't do it living under law? But you can come back to true faith and grace today through faith in the cross of Jesus Christ. And God will begin to pour into you through your humble, broken heart that amazing grace. Then you can do more than sing about amazing grace. You can live His amazing grace. Praise God. We are so blessed today and honored to be walking where we're walking with the Lord. We're so honored to be living in a time in which we live when there's most all of the church is backslidden. They hear the message of the cross. They run from it. They, they think they got something better. 
Listen, they, they gather up in the name of a prophet and they're throwing millions and hundreds of <clears throat> millions of dollars away every year sowing into that which only has a form. Oh, and people can go there and <clears throat> they can have a move of their feelings and emotions, but without the truth of the cross, where is God? Where is God? So many only have a form today. So many are trapped in this, in this rut of religion under law. And they, they've never heard this truth before. I'm telling you, we're, we're, we're living this truth. We're experiencing this everlasting life. Not because we say we are, but because the Lord was able to bring us back to the old path. To bring us back to faith and grace. To bring us back to our first love through many toils and snares. Through much hurt and pain that caused us to be lowly and broken. And accept His way of the cross as the only way. Is that you today? Are you ready to give up? Are you ready to let God take over again? Are you ready to let God have your ministry today? Because without this message, He does not have it. Many may be getting saved under your ministry, but without this message for daily victory and daily provision, and the Scriptures, all the Scriptures being revealed in this light of Christ and His cross, nobody there is learning how to live in Christ, to run this race, to lay hold on eternal life. And they'll have days where they feel good and feel like doing good. And then they'll have days where they feel bad and feel like doing bad. And many of those people, their marriages are on the brinks. Their kids are growing up and not becoming any different than they were. And and and, 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 and they're just miserable on the inside. They're sneaking off and, and doing things out there that are not pleasing to God. At the same time, crying out to God, this is not right. Help me. I know this is wrong. This is sinful. But I can't find the power to get out of this. I'm going to tell you, the power of God is the preaching of the cross. The, that's what God says. Do you want to know what God says? Until you accept what God says, faith can't come. But when you accept what God says to put your faith in, you put your faith in that, you believe in the sacrifice, in what God says is the power, faith will come. And when faith comes, faith overcomes every single time. Faith is our victory. But it's the faith of Jesus Christ that's our justifying and daily sanctifying victory and all provision. Praise be to God. I'm encouraging you today. No matter what it is that's got a hold of you, it'll have to turn you loose through faith in the cross alone. Do you understand that? The Spirit of God's not leading anybody to sow finances into anybody's ministry that's not determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. The Lord's not leading any of His people to be planted in these churches that's not determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. You need to understand that. This is why churches are popping up all over America and overseas now. In Australia, in the Philippines, and other countries that we could name, churches are, are being birthed in storefronts. No, they're not the 150, 200-year-old religious, traditional, denominational things that are going on. It's men who are grabbing a hold by the Holy Ghost, the knowledge of this justifying and sanctifying way of the cross, the unity of 
of the faith of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. They don't have big degrees. They don't have PhDs. They don't have lots of money. But they've got the Holy Ghost working and they've got the gospel. Their faith is in allowing Him to work. And there God will plant His people in His house. And there they will learn to flourish in the courts of their God. Remember, looks are very deceiving. The devil is supporting everything that's not the gospel. And the Lord is financing everything that is the gospel. These big, massive, mega million, huge places, thousands of people rolling in there and not hearing the message of the cross, the devil supporting every bit of that because what they go in there and hear is just what keeps them under the law, the working of the flesh, and their faith is not where it needs to be. One good sign of those who place faith in the cross, a Christian that hears what's written in Galatians, and they return back to true faith and grace. They repent and they come home. One of the first signs is they begin to tell people, What I've taught, what I've been in, is not right. And those who disagree with me need to go back to the story of the thieves on the cross on each side of Jesus. The moment that, the moment that one thief became a believer, he began to rebuke that other, that other thief on the cross. He began to tell him, you're wrong. So nobody's preaching the cross like it's supposed to be preached unless they're bringing warnings against what's wrong, what is deceiving and killing God's people. And God's people are to this day still being destroyed for the lack of this knowledge, the knowledge of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We sure do love each and every one of you. And we're about to roll right into the holiday season. And I pray, God, that you're all drawing closer to Him. And through your delight in Him, He's filling your heart with His desires. And you're growing in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll be right here next Friday again at 9 a.m. And until then, God bless you and stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified.